Prepping 1.0 is about having food and some guns. Prepping 2.0 is about the next level in prepping, being able to communicate with those who are helpful to you when the normal means of communications go down. What you don't need is the technical geeky stuff. We solve that problem for you in this episode by telling you all the information you need on this topic and none of the stuff you don't. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Thanks for joining us. I am joined today by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Prepping 1.0 is about having food and some guns. Prepping 2.0 is about the next level in prepping. That's why you listen. The next level involves being able to communicate with those who are helpful to you when the normal means of communications go down. Ham radio is what you need. What you don't need is the technical geeky stuff. We solve that problem for you in this episode by telling you the practical stuff you need to know and letting you know about a great resource out there called PAM Radio, which is at pam-radio.com. They're an electronic flashcard system that I wrote, and uh, it's going to give you all the information you need on this topic and none of the stuff you don't. And there's lots of that for sure. So hey, for those of you out there who might already have a ham radio setup, which is awesome, or you have a whole lot of electronics that you've put together for various reasons in your home, what happens when there's a coronal mass ejection or potentially an EMP? Fried. It all goes and it all goes away. So I encourage you to think about EMP Shield. They have developed a device that will protect your device large device like your home like your vehicle from an emp which is very reassuring when you think about things like ham radio shacks that are key to communications really encourage you to check them out at our website prepping2-0.com over on friends and affiliates there's a great coupon code there i can't remember it glenn off the top of my head but i know it saves you 50 bucks per device prepping 2.0 i believe oh very good it's listed at prepping2-0.com friends and affiliates tab it's got the discount codes for yep, everything. It does. There's a lot of great things there. So I really encourage you to check it out. And it really, again, as we talk more about ham radio today and the electronics that it requires, I cannot stress enough, EMP Shield will really protect those electronic devices. Well, let's get into it. This topic is one that so many of you have asked us to do. And yes, we actually, we read our emails and our Patreon comments and we actually take it into consideration. You guys want to know about ham radio. Actually, you don't, but you do. Here's what I mean by that. Nobody in their right mind really wants to learn the details of ham radio. I know I've just insulted all the super big ham radio guys out there, but I'm being halfway facetious. But it's a boring topic to many people. We're going to unboringify it. Yes, I make up one word every every show. I make up a well, word. Unboringification. Yeah, I can't even repeat it. That's getting it. weird. Now stop for a moment. Yeah. So here's what I really appreciate about the Pam Radio cards. I have my ham radio license, both the technical and the general. And you can end up by trying to set up your ham radio setup, spending, like you say, spending a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort and not using those things because you as you purchase them, you're kind of experimenting and you need to find what will actually get you communication more talk to anyone who puts together a ham radio setup probably thousands of dollars of wasted dollars trying to put it together realizing they've bought products that don't work for them this will get you set up without all the cost and rabbit trails that you don't need i love it learn from glenn and shelby's mistakes we are very open on this show because glenn and shelby are fake names you guys don't know who we really are so us being dopes really doesn't affect us in real life but we are very happy to make mistakes and pass on our mistakes because we don't want you guys making mistakes. The stakes are way too high for there to be unnecessary mistakes. And we're going to get rid of some unnecessary mistakes in today's episode. Well, I wanted to start off by telling everybody my journey on how I started off learning Pam Radio, or pardon me, Ham Radio. There we go. Learning Ham Radio because I think it applies to virtually everyone listening. And that is this. Uh, my mutual assistance group, the Real Live Team in 299 Days book series, 
we, we knew that we needed to have someone who took care of comms. And, and I remember we were all sitting around and uh, somebody said, I think it was Scotty, said, okay, who's gonna cover comms? And it got really quiet. And being the dope that I am, mm-hmm. I raised my hand, I said, okay. And so I knew a little teeny bit about this topic, but I thought, well, what I'll do is, and this is how Gen X old I am, uh, I thought, well, I'll just write down on index cards with a Sharpie all the stuff guys need to know, and then we'll just quiz each other with the index cards. So I'm talking to a friend of mine who's about late 20s at the time, and I said, hey, I got this idea, these index cards, you know. That's th- getting printed. Index cards, three by five, a Sharpie, and he, he looks at me and he goes, why wouldn't you just do a, a flashcard app on a phone? And I said, that actually makes a ton of sense. You know, young people are worth something after all. They have great ideas when it comes to ham radio uh, app flashcards. So that's what I did. Long story short, I created Pam Radio. And um, I think it's really helpful because it's the easy thing. I pared down all the stuff that you don't need to know. And quite honestly, there is a ton of stuff in ham radio that you don't need to know. There's a lot of technical geekery and it turns people off because what you need as a prepper is you need to be able to talk to the to the people you need to talk to and you need to be and we'll cover this in some detail able to listen to everybody else all the dopes that are on ham radio that are saying um oh yeah we have all our food stored over here or whatever anyway so you want to listen more than you want to talk but you just need to be able to do the stuff you need to do you don't need another hobby you don't need an expensive hobby and a time-consuming hobby you need to communicate with those who are helpful and listen to the outside world and that's and by the way this show this episode is not a long-running advertisement for Pam Radio flashcards. We're just mentioning up front what the resource is because what I'm going to go through is about half of the Pam Radio cards. So there's even more stuff and more depth and more explanatory stuff. There's all kinds of hyperlinks for background information for there's a ton of videos, YouTube videos that have hyperlinks. And this is important. There are hyperlinks to products to actually buy stuff radios and accessories stuff that i've learned through experimentation that is to say failure um that that are really good and that work well and all of that other stuff so i i won't go on and on about the cards shelby has something to say well and i want to add this the we did try let me step back for just a moment and the little history just to clarify we did take a pretty hard effort at trying to get this into the apple app store Oh, what yeah, great a story. colossal. Yeah, it's almost like they don't like people like us. I know. So for those of you who've put together an app and got it through their applic- basically their application uh, gauntlet. process. Right. Um, we tried that. So yeah. this was the best way we could get That's it right, I to forgot. you. I know it was this. Why? Because your memory says block that out. It was so yeah. painful. It, it was like a two year waste of time process for yeah. us. So that's why the ham radio cards are digital and you can purchase them and they are digital download for you. And You download basically a PDF that has live links in it. Anyway, enough about the cards. You don't care about the cards. What you care about is getting an overview of, of ham radio to realize that it's important and to get a basic direction going. And kind of like our last episode about canning, um, where we basically wanted to give people an overview so they can decide if this is something they want to do, what all is involved in it. And then it's up to every individual person to to get off their behind and, and start getting it done. So first thing I wanted to cover, and there are going to be a lot of questions I'm going to ask and then I'm going to answer. The first question is, is learning about radios doable? And the answer is absolutely. You get to know um, what you need to know from these cards and from this episode today. Um, and I mentioned the equipment recommendations in the links. My, the point I want to make, though, is that this is doable. I, I, I don't say this to be funny, although it is funny. If I can do this, anyone can. I'm not exactly a science guy. I detest math. I, I'm so terrible at it. It's probably why I went to law school was because I was so bad at math. Um, and so you can do this. And that is the one message I want to leave with you today. Radio stuff is not 
beyond you because number one, you're a smart person. If you're listening to this show, you're a smart person. And number two, if you're listening to this show, you understand that you need to get out of your comfort zone and do some things, learn some things that maybe aren't your first love and the most interesting thing. That being said, you will probably find when it comes to ham radio that by learning the basics and overcoming your fear of these topics, thinking that it's too much for you to do, you're going to end up actually kind of liking the topic. There's something cool about when you hit that press to talk button and you say something and somebody a couple miles away answers you back. It is a it is a very cool experience. Or a couple of states away. Yeah. And yeah. you hear them crystal clear and yeah. it's not a cell phone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is doable and once you get into it, I think you're gonna like it. You're not necessarily gonna love it, but that's not the goal. You don't have to love every single skill that you need to be a prepper. You just need to have some proficiency and or people in your group who are skilled in particular topics. And this is, again, marries really well with when we talk about EMP shield or grid down situations. This is where having a basic ham radio setup will make it so that communications can happen, emergency communication can happen, and you can have communications with those on your team or those in your community that would normally not happen. It's not just, hey, try this because it's handy, but try this because it's it's very, very practical. And that's a great segue, unplanned, of course. I mean, it was planned because we are broadcasting professionals. Just kidding, we're not. Okay, <laughs> okay. whatever. Yeah. So the question is, why do preppers need to know how to use radios? The answer is very simple. You'll probably die without them. I'm being dead serious. Preppers prepare for a situation where cell phones and the internet don't work. The electricity might be turned off. You can't keep informed about threats coming your way or coordinate with your family or group if you can't communicate. Handheld radios and maybe a simple base station are the answer. Survivors of collapses and natural disasters all say that people with radios usually live while others die. Going to say that again because it's so important. Survivors of collapses and natural disasters all say that people with radios usually live while others die. The stakes are high. Act accordingly. So are you going to hear a bunch of technical terms? Nope, but there are a couple terms that you need to understand the basics of because we're going to be using them a lot and I don't want people stopping and and pausing because they don't understand what a term is. So first one is a radio band. That doesn't mean a, a group of musicians. No, a radio band is a cluster of frequencies next to each other that are treated similarly by the FCC. That's the Federal Communications Commission that will become more uh, meaningful later. Uh, radios come with capabilities to transmit and receive on various radio bands. That's why it's important. Ham bands. By the way, ham is a term of of odd origin. It Actually, it means amateur radio because that's how it started off in the 30s. These were people that like experimented and built their own radios and stuff. That's why they're called amateur radios. And it amateur radio became ham radio don't know how slang is slang so the ham bands um are are the regular radio frequencies which are for our purposes vhf and uhf well what does vhf mean well i'm glad you asked listener uh, vhf means very high frequency preppers use vhf bands quite a bit uhf means ultra high frequency and preppers also use uhf GMRS. This is something you're going to be hearing about. This is another takeaway. GMRS is good. That's there you go. There's your takeaway. And I'll explain why. But GMRS means general mobile radio service, which is a range of frequencies in the UHF band that unlike the rest of the UHF band, don't require an FCC test to operate. Ding, ding, ding. A lot of people are really hung up with taking the FCC ham radio operators test for a couple of reasons. One, they think they're going to get on a list. Well, don't worry about it. There are about 2 million ham radio licenses in the U.S. It's a pretty big list. And people get ham radio licenses for all kinds of reasons other than prepping. And so you're not, I mean, I guess you're on a list, but you're not on like a list list. And the second reason people don't take or don't want to take, I should say, the FCC 
ham radio operators test is there's this urban legend and I fell for it too until I got corrected on it. There's this urban legend that you need to learn Morse code, you know, dee, 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 dee. Well, it used to be the case. It used to be the case back when ham radio was much more of a closed group and it was only for guys who literally made their own radios. Well, and stepping back to your first point, Glenn, talking about the the kind of the, the fear of becoming a, a ham radio licensee, um, it's a great way to be a part of your local, if you join your local ham radio club or a local net, and I know you're going to explain that later, which is a local, it's a group. It's a network. It's a network. If you join them, you are able to hear what's happening in emergency management in your local community and, and kind of have your ear to the ground and know what's going on. And yet have the cover of being, oh, I'm I'm part of emergency management. I need to, you know, and you can, it legitimizes you without outing you because you're, like you just said, you're, you're a mem- you're on a list of millions of members. It's not like that's going to, I think the, the, the pros out far outweigh the cons on that issue. So. Absolutely. And by the way, um, amateur radio, ham radio clubs are often uh, full of men about 70 years old is probably the median age. And when you're um, an attractive woman like Shelby is, you're very, very popular in hand radio club circles. Oh my gosh, when I went to take my general test, do you remember that? They were fawning over you. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. Yeah, you know, the jealous guy in me actually didn't get activated because I'm thinking... I don't know that a lot of these 70 year old guys have what it takes. So, well, and then there was the, the drug addict sitting next to me that everyone could smell. Oh, I was t- remember that? No. Okay. I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if he it passed. It wasn't me. It wasn't me, by the way. I know it wasn't you. And I don't know if he passed, but all kinds of people take these tests. Yes. Uh, you just, you know, you don't have to be a certain age, but it seems to attract a certain age group. We'll leave it at that. And I'm not part of that. I'm not, I don't fit that stereotype. No, you don't. Another term you're going to hear a lot is Baofeng. And that's B-A-O-F-E-N-G. Baofeng. What is a Baofeng? Well, I'm glad you asked, listener. <laughs> that's funny. Um, it's a particular kind of radio. And it's extremely popular uh, among prepper radio people. And they're so popular because... They are very inexpensive. When I wrote the flashcards, I put in there that they were $25. That was true at the time. They're now about $40 to $45. Thanks, Biden. And they're very easy to use. And here's another key feature. They are like an AR-15 in that there are so many accessories for them. It's unbelievable. By far, there are more accessories for Baofangs the UV-5R in particular, and I'll say that again so you can hit the pause button if you want and write this down. It's Baofeng, B-A-O-F-E-N-G, and the most popular model and the one with the most accessories is UV-5R. The reason you should write that down is you should run that through Amazon and you'll get all kinds of opportunities to purchase not only Baofeng UV-5Rs, but also the all the accessories. And when I say accessories, I mean antennas and push-to-talk microphones and extra batteries and stuff like that. So um, Baofangs, another few examples of why they're so popular are they run on VHF, UHF, and GMRS frequencies. And candidly, they're not the best quality radios. Sometimes you get a bad one and it's really bad. Um, the quality control is not great, but they're, they're entry-level radios and they they cost a fraction of what better radios cost which can be about five hundred dollars per item so 40 versus 500 well do we have a story about that i think we do it's when the team came over back when we lived in western washington and we were programming them they were getting them all in sync do you remember that oh yeah and i'm not gonna say who brought his 650 dollar uh uh, motorola motorola because it was the best. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting out in the woods on a stump. And I'm waiting and to get the call. Waiting, And I'm getting the call. I'm answering back. They can't hear me on the radio on this Motorola. I mean, cost does not mean high quality. That was a that was the a waste of a really good weekend. Just trying to get this one radio to go. I'll say this. Our bail fangs still work. 
Yep. They st- they're still very they're clear. Standardized, Standard, which we'll talk about in yep. a moment. So I just want to say this is part of the don't spend needless money if you don't have to. Just because it's $600 doesn't mean it's it's the whiz-bang of the whole industry. It's not. Exactly. You know, you get what you pay for, and that's true, but it's not always true that the most expensive thing is the best thing to get. It's often true, but not all the time. Question you might be wondering, listeners, are Baofengs the only radio I should consider? Answer is no, but we won't go into the other radios here because we only have about an hour and a half. That extra half hour is if you listen to the after show, if you're a Patreon. And also, I got to be honest, I'm going to lose the majority of the audience talking about, oh, the super features, uh, the, the push the talk button on the uh, ICOM 707. Nope, it's, it's really bail thing. Just go with it. Yeah, just go with that because this is an <laughs> overview, right? This is the minimal stuff you well, need to know. Well, it's an overview and it's like that we're cutting, that's the goal is to cut through that, to cut through that white noise of this is no, this is what you need to get. No, there's no. And we're a lot of it, it, by the way, with radios is Ford, Chevy, Pepsi, Coke, I mean, preferences. Anyway, well, moving from handheld, oh, the Beofang, I should say, is a handheld radio. Um, What's a base station and should my prepper group have one? Well, we're going to talk mostly about handheld radios, but there's another kind of radio your group should eventually have, and that's a base station. The first reason to have a base station is that they transmit at 25 to 100 watts, and your handheld only transmits at either 5 watts or 8 watts. A second reason to have a base station is that you can use a longer, far better antenna that is several feet long instead of little ones on handhelds. What are some examples of why preppers need to know how to use radio? So I have a few scenarios for you because uh, they're all based on true stories. Um, Well, one of them hasn't come true yet, but if you've read 299 Days or A Great State, you know it's coming true. And quite honestly, our track records of predicting stuff uh, that precede a full-on collapse are pretty darn good. So maybe you should believe what we think is coming. Well, before you jump into your stories, we don't hear about this in the news or anything like that, but time and time and time again, ham radios are used in in emergency rescues, especially in rural locations, flooding, we're going to get into all that. All of that. Yeah. So. I'll do I'll do the uh, first scenario, and then we're going to um, have Shelby mention some things. The first scenario is there's no more rule of law. Crime has exploded. A motorcycle gang has been terrorizing your little community. You need to know if they're coming towards your area. What's the solution? You have several handout ham radios like the $40 Bayo Fangs that are easy to use. You give them to your neighbors, and you show them how to simply hit the transmit button and talk. These are easier to use than a cell phone. These radios have a range of about a mile or two, varying with terrain, so it's not hard to keep in contact. And one of your neighbors hears the gang coming, alerts you and your group, and you intercept the group with superior numbers and firepower. There's a solid reason right there to have some Beofang radios and learn a little bit about them. So folks, want to give a quick shout out and and hand uh, shake and hand clapping to our great friends and affiliates who keep the lights on here at Prepping 2.0. You can find all of them at the friends and affiliates page of our website, prepping2-0.com. U.S. Law Shield. Jared Savick and Lizzie McDaniel, both great realtors. You can find them at redstate-realtors.com. Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, New Mana Foods. So thank you so much for joining us. We have so much more to cover on the other side of the break. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. 
Numana comes in family style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks, folks, for joining us after that break. Uh, We're talking about ham radio today for preppers. And as usual, this segment will end as the conversation really gets going. We're getting deep into ham radio, but not too deep that you just hopefully not check out. But Patreon supporters will be able to hear the full end of this story. And I encourage you to stay, if you're a Patreon, stay with us for the after show. If you're not a Patreon, you can find it at our website and you can find the logo. Click on it and hope you join us there. Well, Minuteman Coffee is something that you should have. Shelby should have it right now because... I'm a little muted. Normally we record in the morning when she gets jacked up on the Minuteman coffee. And we're recording in the afternoon and uh, she's not as effervescent as she usually is. Chemically effervescent, I might add. Yep. And it's, it's true. all because of Minutemen Coffee. They have the exclusive I Miss America blend, which is the official coffee of Prepping 2.0. Can I just say that I feel like I've arrived at a particular station in life where we have an official coffee for something that we do? I mean, that's pretty cool. We can never go out of business here at Prepping no. 2.0 because that means the I Miss America blend goes away and that would be bad. That would be tragic. Yes. That would be terrible. Well, I also wanted to mention that we are affiliates of the Firearms Radio Network and there are 28 shows, great shows on the Firearms Radio Network. You can tell by the name that the uh, topic of most of the shows is firearms and that's pretty cool. We uh, give you an overview, a spotlight, if you will, on one of the shows on the network every single week. And this week's spotlight is called Reloading Podcast. The Reloading Podcast is about beekeeping. No, it's not about beekeeping. Making yogurt. Making yogurt. Nope, it's about reloading ammunition, which is something every prepper should know how to do. Not necessarily tackle it full time and get all the equipment necessary, but maybe know somebody who is a reloader. It's And by the way, I have to tell you, I was a guest on Reloading Podcast and 
It wasn't just about the technical aspects of reloading. They're actually hilarious. They're they're hilarious guys. It was really fun to be on. Very good. Yeah. So I wanted to continue now with some discussion of ham radio. I mentioned there were five scenarios we're going to discuss that show you why preppers need to know a little bit about ham radio, need to own some ham radios, and need to dip their toe in the ham radio waters. And scenario number one was the motorcycle gang. Scenario number two is the water's been turned off in your town and cell phones don't work. You and a few friends scattered throughout town have water treatment capabilities like filters and purification tablets. Good on you, by the way. You need to coordinate your people who are treating and delivering the water. What's the solution? Well, you use those simple and inexpensive radios to coordinate the water treatment and delivery. You coordinate so the delivery occurs at night when no one will see you have water, making you a prime target. You can also coordinate the security necessary to accomplish the water deliveries. See, it's not just about motorcycle gangs. It's about, you know, the other stuff like having drinking water, which, by the way, is kind of important. Scenario number three. Your neighbor is using an axe to cut firewood now that the electricity is out. She severely injures herself and will bleed to death without proper medical care. What's the solution? Well, you gave your neighbor, cutting wood, one of those handout radios that we'll be talking about in a moment, and now she can call you on the radio. After receiving her radio transmission, you call the nurse in your neighborhood and send help. Scenario number four. In a hurricane, the phones are out. You need to tell rescuers where you are and that your elderly mother-in-law needs your medicine. What's the solution? Well, you have a ham radio and you can call out the authorities. They, with the help from other ham radio volunteers, were monitoring the ham radio frequencies and could send help. And, And I said five scenarios. I lied. There's only four. Well, here's a question. Is is what you're hearing today and the PAM radio electronic flashcards are what we're telling you designed to teach you things you need to know for your FCC ham radio license test? Uh, big no ski. Uh, no perunis. Not even going to try to do that. Practical ham radio for preppers and the FCC test are two very different things. Now, this FCC test we keep mentioning, a little bit of background about it because it helps you understand what it is and why it's not as scary as you might think it is. By the way, I I say this because I was scared of the ham radio test. I put it off for like three years because I was like, oh, I don't want to. First of all, I hate tests. I mean, I can't even believe I went to all the school I went to, given how much I hate tests. But anyway, the FCC requires you to pass a simple multiple choice test to get your ham radio license. The FCC gives out the pool of questions in advance with the correct answers. That's right. You get the answers in advance. There are 200 questions in the pool and there are 35 of them on the test. So you're going to, if you memorize the answers to all 200, you're going to do just fine. There's an app out there called hamstudy.org, which is phenomenal for getting your FCC test. Oh my gosh, can we talk about it? It feels like cheating. Oh, it does. Can we talk about that? Let's do it. So we found it. Somebody recommended, I think, to us. It's been a few years since we took it. Um, And what it does and and it works for me really well. It just asks you the questions over and over and over again from the pool of 200 questions that you just said to the so that you're you you've got you're memorizing the answers. Do you know the information? No, you're memorizing the answers. So, then you take practice tests and see if you've memorized them enough so that you can pass the test. And then you go take the test and there's those same questions right there on the test. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a great tool. So mm. do you even need to take a ham radio test? Well, yes and no. Don't you hate it when their answers like yes and no, but sometimes answers aren't either yes or no. Um, the, the information you're hearing today, and especially the PAM radio flashcards, give you the practical information you need, in my humble opinion, to pull it off. You will be able to operate successfully. There'll be fits and starts and learning experiences, but you'll be able to basically pull it off in an emergency. So you don't need a ham radio license. However, this is the no part to the question. However, getting your ham radio license is extraordinarily beneficial. We've already gone over how easy it is to pass, so it's not like a big hill to climb. But the the reason that getting your ham radio test, or your ham radio license, I should say, uh, there are two reasons why it is a good idea. Um, the main one is, is that you can practice on VHF and UHF um, and 
you can use repeaters, which we'll talk about in a moment. Repeaters are game changers. You can go from a couple of miles, a handful of miles to dozens of miles, depending on your terrain. So it allows you to practice, which is key. You can actually live time practice. We've done this with the team where we've got in our trucks and driven several miles apart and tried to talk to each other and were successful because we had our stuff together and we had all of our radios programmed the same way. More on that in a moment. So it allows you to, to practice. The other thing it allows you to do, and I alluded to this is, and I can explain why in a moment, you get to use repeaters, which are really important, especially when you need to corral team members from you know a county or two away and you guys need to coordinate on getting together you really need repeaters and so you can only use repeaters in peacetime with an fcc license yes in an emergency you don't need an fcc license but here's the kicker if you wait until the world melts down to to pull your bayo fangs out of their packaging and then try to get all up to speed on this you're gonna fail and that's kind of the point here, too, is that this isn't just pulling a set of walkie-talkies out of a package and, and start using them. There's a little bit more to it than that. And that's the kind of the sweet spot we're trying to hit. There's a little bit more to it than that, but there's not as much as you think when you go opening up a, you know, I, there is a book out there. We actually have two copies of it called Ham Radios for Dummies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be as involved as that believe it or not, but it needs to be more than just opening a package and and pushing a button. Again, the stakes are high. Act accordingly. I mean, you're talking about being able to communicate in an emergency. Why would you wait until an emergency comes to figure out how to do it? It's kind of like, and this just hit me, I always figure out stuff when I'm talking, not when I listen to people, which is kind of a sad feature of mine, but it's kind of like not knowing how to change a tire and waiting until you have a flat tire and then figuring, oh, I'll just figure it out. Well, you know what? Tires aren't as easy to change as they used to be. There's all kinds of weird stuff now. I mean, like, uh, anyway, I won't go into it, but it's not as easy as it used to be. There were standard tire irons and all this other stuff. And so why would you wait? We're preppers. We plan. We learn things. We figure stuff out in advance. We go to sleep at night with the peace of mind of knowing that we've got stuff largely figured out i mean the stuff we can anticipate and so why wouldn't you it's it's part of being a prepper in my opinion to learn a little bit about ham radio and since the test the fcc test is so easy i think and i'm going to say this yes i'm going to alienate some listeners i think that preppers should have ham radio skills and should practice them and practicing them means taking your FCC test, which costs, I think, $45 or something like that, and and getting into it and practicing, even if you only do it once. I can't stress this enough. That moment, I mentioned it earlier, that moment in which you hit the push to talk button and you say something, and then there's some crackling, and then you hear Shelby's voice saying, uh, copy, and then she she talks to you and you hear it. it. It it validates this concept that ham radio actually works. And it is so reassuring to know you can talk to people and listen to people and that you've got comms when virtually no one else does. So I think I've motivated you enough. Now it's time to get down to some meat and potatoes of what we're talking about. One of the big, I don't know, hindrances to people starting ham radio is they assume it's gonna cost a lot of money. What kind of money are we talking about to get the radio and the accessories? about a hundred bucks per radio and that's for all the accessories you're going to need a couple hundred more bucks will nicely outfit your prepper group and get you more handout radios for neighbors you can see the uh the utility of having handout radios for neighbors a baofeng is about 40 bucks and when you get all the uh i think necessary accessories like a headset push to talk for the headset extra batteries and an upgraded antenna we're talking about maybe a hundred bucks, probably a little bit less than that. There's some other nice to have items for a mutual assistance group, and that would be a quality police scanner. Uh, We'll be talking about that more. Police scanners are between a hundred and 500 bucks. What a treasure trove of information. Oh my gosh, for your local stuff. Oh my gosh, knowing what's happening around you is amazing, yes. And a final nice to have item for your setup is a shortwave radio, allowing you to hear commercial radio stations from all over the world, like the BBC and they run between 50 and $170. So you can see that this is not 
cheap, but it's certainly not as expensive as you thought. And by the way, people can get tens of thousands of dollars into this hobby when it's their hobby. Now, here's a question I often get, and I have lived through this and learned from mistakes, and that is, can I cheap out on radios and accessories? Yes and no. See, you thought I was going to say something very concrete. No, yes and no. First of all, prepping costs money. Not tons of money, but some money. Radio communications are a big part of prepping, so radios should receive a healthy share of your prepping budget. So yes, you can cheap out in the sense that you don't need to spend a lot of money on radios, especially with Beofangs being so inexpensive. But no, you shouldn't cheap out in the sense that some accessories and upgrades are really, really helpful, and you should budget for them. Spend some money on good brand name extra batteries and antennas. No-name knockoffs are a complete waste of money. Spend enough money to get several complete sets of radios uh, and all the accessories so that you have at least one for each member of your prepper group. You can get basic radios without the upgrades as handout radios for neighbors. A six-pack of Beofangs, and yes, Beofangs do come in six-packs, much like cans of beer, Rainier being the best uh, beer out there. Uh, six-pack is about $250. So let me just put this into this line of thinking, too. This is my... Color commentary. This is my show to do color commentary. We've seen it already where there's shortages on things. I have the feeling yes. that more we go into this collapse... And the further we go, we're going to see shortages or extreme price hikes on some of these things that Glenn is mentioning. So let that be another motivator. Absolutely. I was kind of surprised when I uh, this morning because I I have a lot of Bayo fangs kind of went nuts. And uh, so I'm not buying them anymore. I went on Amazon to look at the prices, you know, to be able to give you guys accurate numbers. And I was stunned at how much they had gone up. And so. And, and that that be a motivator to get them now while they're still somewhat affordable because they're just going to go up from here, right? Exactly. Well, what's a way for prepper groups to get a lot of radios and upgrades? And that's pool your money. If every member of your group chips in 100 bucks, you could get lots of Beofangs with upgrades and a base station. Another 100 bucks from each member would get your group a good police scanner and a shortwave radio. 200 bucks per person gets this done yeah. and remember you don't need to get all the radios and accessories at once you can pace yourself put your money or put money in your prepping budget for radios and accessories and steadily acquire them that's what i did and uh it worked out really well so yeah we're set we're not going to buy anything else right right no, right <laughs> exactly just checking. speaking of prepper groups should there be one person in charge of radios for your prepper group Heck yeah, exclamation point. I found from experience, the best way to manage group radios is to pool money and have one person in charge of buying the radios, inventorying them and storing them, except one radio that each member would and retain. And programming them. We'll get into that, okay. but that's a very cool, that's a very important point. Yes, programming. It's better to issue radios to group members instead of each one of them being responsible for their own sets. This is especially true of base stations, scanners, and shortwave. Have a dedicated radio person, which is probably you because you're listening to this episode and you're now the uh, ham radio expert after um, 40 minutes of listening to this show. You know way more than everybody else in your group, so it's probably going to be you. Um, have that comms person keep all the radios, accessories, and training straight. Trust me on this one. We tried it the other way. Didn't work. Now, do you need a ham radio to practice talking on the radios? Well... Yes and no. Yes, you need a basic ham radio license to talk on many bands, VHF and UHF, but not all of them. Hmm. As described below, or in, in a few minutes, you don't need to take a ham license test to talk on the GMRS frequencies that are on a Beofang. Nice. And now, people are very attracted to that. Yes. Yes, you do need an FCC license, but you don't need to take a test. To talk on GMRS, and it's weird. So okay. explain that a little. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. For GMRS, you need to pay the FCC seventy bucks, and your entire family, wink, wink. That can include, in our case, um, a Korean dude, uh, <laughs> pal um, of the team. Because, um, by the way, the FCC does not define what family is, and of course, under the Biden administration, family can mean anything you want it to mean. So there's really no restriction. I think you can get a, one GMRS license for your uh, mutual assistance group, yep. and it's seventy bucks, and there's no test. So, do you need a license for GMRS? Technically, yes. But is it a matter of going online and in four minutes spending $70 and getting your license? 
Yes, it certainly is. So you don't need a ham license requiring you to take a test at least in order to practicing uh, to practice on GMRS on your Baofeng, but you do need a ham license to practice talking on VHF and UHF bands of Baofeng. And practicing on VHF and UHF is one reason to get your FCC ham license. Here's a question I get quite a bit. Can I just listen to ham radios without an FCC license? Answer, you bet you can. Listening requires no license. Gonna say that again, because it's really important. Listening requires no license. Only talking on VHF and UHF requires a license. Your ability to listen to ham radios without taking a test is a big deal because in a crisis, you'll be listening way more than you'll be talking. We will put some detail on this uh, in a moment, but listening, you should be listening way more than 90%, probably 95% of the time, you should be listening on radios and we'll explain why. Are ham radios secure? Big fat no peruni, not at <laughs> nope. all. No, uh, about as secure as Hunter's laptop. Seriously, um, that's yeah. a good example. Thank you, thank you. I'm a professional broadcaster. Yes, you are. That's what you I do. You have a license. I do. Anything you say on a ham radio can be heard by anyone either already on your same frequency or using a scanner to scan multiple frequencies at once and find your frequency. Assume anything you say on a ham radio can be heard by other people. Now there's a other side to this coin and that is given that everything that's said on ham radio frequencies is is listenable which i believe is a new word i don't know oh, that two that's in one an, show i don't believe that's an english word wow. listenable you, you did two in one show yeah patreons go ahead and send us a comment if listenable is a word i'm sure we'll we'll get some responses anyway. on that um the the reason is you can listen to other people because they probably haven't thought about radios in a prepping situation like you have they're not listening to this episode and they don't have the Pam radio flashcards. So they'll be blabbing about where they're keeping their food oh and how gosh. many security people they have, when and where they're traveling, all kinds of stuff. Consider this an opportunity to gather information on those around you, some friendly, but some ready to kill you. This is one of the reasons that listening is better than talking on radios. And one quick thing I wanna mention, I don't wanna leave people with the wrong impression. When I say you can gather intelligence, people telling you where they have their food, I'm not implying that you're going to use that information and go steal their food, mm -mm. but it's good to know where other people's stuff is because that will help you understand where the bad guys are gonna go and hopefully it's far away from where you are. Well, and if I can add this, as we're, we're getting close to wrapping this segment up, um, if you go listen in on nets right now, you're going to hear a lot. This is why it's good to listen and not chatter. First of all, you're going to hear a lot about old men and their hip replacement surgeries and the prime rib they had for dinner. Oh, the buffet it's at Golden the, Corral is and amazing. It's, and it's the blabbering. It helps you to know who's the blabberer. Yeah. Oh, there's my new word. Ooh, two and ERs. Blabberer. So who the who the you like know the who the person people out there who have loose lips, mm -hmm. you know that can't keep their thoughts and big to themselves. waistlines too. Oh my gosh! And then you can and you can do your own intel on that. And I'm going to say this: the flip side of that, we did a lot of practicing with radios when we moved here. We would use them in our vehicles, mm -hmm. and we, and we used uh, uh, somewhat. Uh, uh, ensconced language encrypted encrypted that I was looking for that word and and so we could talk amongst each other what would that be like Lynn when we would say we had our nicknames for ourselves mm -hmm. and I'm you know stopping at exit so and so uh that's pretty much what it was that's what it was so we're that, not going to give out our radio call signs no, on this no. show so and uh, and we just have kind of our own little slang that we knew we're going to pull over. We're going to, you know, gas is and, and we could talk about how our gas tanks are getting low. And those are the things I don't mind talking about. I don't necessarily like someone knowing I, me, Shelby Gallagher, am getting off at exit 101 mm -hmm. and stopping at the Conoco. And I am in a blah, blah, blah vehicle. I'm not going to do that because that's just inviting um, weird people to come join me at the gas station. But. You can practice if you're moving, if you're going on a road trip. Gosh, what yeah, a great, it's a great what, opportunity. Great way to practice. Go ahead, Glenn. Well, and I wanted to, uh, in the next few minutes that we have before the regular show ends, I wanted to address the topic of encryption for radios. Can you get encryption for radios? 
Well, kind of. Good luck. They are very, very mm-hmm. expensive. Um, a typical prepper won't be using encrypted uh, uh, radios, and we'll describe why in a moment. Actually, Shelby just covered it. You can talk with with slang and code and passwords, which, by the way, during peacetime is technically illegal. You can't use ciphers, according to FCC, but whatever. Um, they're not going to hear it, so there you go. Um, uh, besides... Um, there are a lot of free and relatively easy ways to hide what you're talking about without expensive encryption. Well, is there a way without encryption to talk on ham radios without giving away sensitive information? Yes, we've mentioned it. We, we, you can use code phrases. Now, with code phrases and code names, you need to be creative, but you have to keep it simple because everyone on your team needs to remember what things mean. This is another reason to have a dedicated comms person. He or she can go over the code phrases each day and change them and around. And it can't be a whole list where you've created a whole new language. It needs to be the Smoky One Nine. You know, just, <laughs> there's the reason why everyone knows that because they. It's just simple. So yeah, go another, ahead. Another thing you can do, it's not technically encryption, but it's in the same rough ballpark, and that is using disinformation. Yeah. You can uh, say things on the radio that aren't true to throw people off, uh, especially if you know others will be listening to the radio. You could say something like, we have 52 National Guardsmen at our location, when you don't. So bad guys will be like, yeah, I don't think we'll be going, uh, don't think we'll be. Yep. Going by there. An- another quick topic to cover is, speaking of bad guys and radios, will bad guys have radios? Probably not, at least at first. But then they probably will, because as emergency conditions conditions go on, gangs and other criminals will start to acquire radios. They will realize how valuable radios are and start to use them to, your, to their advantage, which is to your disadvantage. So in the first few days of a without rule of law situation, you might have the very strong advantage of using radios, but don't count on that to continue. And as the bad guys get more and more radios, expect them to be listening to your radio traffic. So that's something to consider. Yes. So and I'm going to just, and we only have like, like less than a minute. So I'm going to say this too. Bad guys right now have scanners yeah. because they're listening to local police. So See they, if their cousin is so getting picked up. If you haven't done anything in radios, they've got one step ahead of you on that. So folks, we need to wrap it up here. We've learned a lot about ham radio for preppers. You can complete your knowledge with, um, by going and checking out uh, pam-radio.com. And we're going to keep this discussion going we're, for the after show. We're not even halfway through the number oh of my things gosh, for this no. show. Yeah, you're missing out on more than half by not listening to the after show. So if show. you want to join us on uh, at Patreon, check us out at prepping2-show.com. Folks, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. By Benjamin Franklin. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.